counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back. And if it's your first time here, a very warm welcome to you. It's great to have you here. I hope you're having a good day. hope the world's treating you well. Now then, let me ask you a question. Would you like to pick my brain? No, I'm not I'm not asking for any zombies to come around and see me. But it's just really about would you like me to help to solve, you know, an irritating marketing niggle that you might have had. Maybe you've got something that's been holding you back and you need some help to just sort of get back on the right track so you can get it sorted and get moving on. So basically, have you got something that's holding you back? Anything to do with marketing your practice? attracting more clients. So it could be something to do with your niche. You know, maybe you're struggling to really get clear on what your niche is, who it is that you want to serve. Maybe you're struggling with what you want to put on your website. Maybe you're not sure about your social media strategy or maybe your content creation. So the blogs that you write or your your podcasts or videos may need a little, little bit of extra attention. Or it could be anything else, really anything to do with attracting more clients. If you do, you know, if that sounds attractive to you, well, look, I can, I can do that. Every month, I answer a listener's question here on the podcast. You know, I call these episodes Jane Explains. So if you have a question for me, anything to do with growing your practice, just drop me an email. My email address is Jane. It's an easy one to remember. It's Jane at janetravis.co.uk. And it's Jane without a Y. And just fire away and you might just get your answer right here on the podcast as a Jane Explains episode. So, you know, go go ahead and do it. Don't be shy. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I'm saying that because this is actually one of those episodes. This is a Jane Explains episode because I received a question from Amanda. So Amanda, thank you so much for contacting me. It's really great to hear from you. And Amanda has a really interesting question. So she said, On the subject of communication with potential new clients, I've recently come across a communication dilemma which is giving me some thought. If a new client makes an inquiry and puts kisses at the end of their message, do you respond with kisses at the end of yours? I worry that if I do, I'll look unprofessional. And I worry that if I don't, I'll come across as cold and not meeting the client where they are. And that could trigger feelings of, you know, feelings of rejection. And she says, or maybe I'm overthinking it. She says, I'd love to know what you think. And also, I've just started reading your book, by the way, and I love it. Thank you very much. So firstly, great question, Amanda. Thank you for your question. And look, I'm delighted that you're enjoying reading the Grow Your Private Practice book. If you've not got the Grow Your Private Practice book, go and check it out. It's available on Amazon. And this is a really good question. Now, has this ever happened to you? Or has it ever happened the other way around where, you know, maybe you've texted your boss or you've texted your father-in-law or, you know, somebody inappropriate and you've ended up putting a kiss at the end of the text. 
And it's one of those sort of head desk moments, isn't it? Now, there used to be a jingle on a radio show that I used to listen to, and it would say, there'd be this jingle, and it'd go, kisses on the bottom. Oh, uh, it just oh, used to make me laugh. So with that in mind, I think there are three things to look at here. So the first thing is, why do people leave a kiss at the bottom? You know, what does it mean? The second thing is, Amanda says, are you overthinking? So we're going to have a look at, are you overthinking? And also we're going to look at, you know, what should you do if somebody leaves a kiss at the bottom of a text or the bottom of an email? Okay, so first of all, let's look at number one. Why do people leave a text or an email with a kiss at the end? So by a kiss, you know what I mean, don't you? I mean a cross, basically. If somebody puts a couple of crosses at the end of a, a text or email, that means a kiss, doesn't it? Well, to me, I think communication has become something that's a lot more casual these days. You know, think about it. When was the last time that you wrote a formal letter? When was the last time that you typed a letter, printed it out, put it into an envelope, you know, searched around and tried to find a stamp somewhere? I mean, for me, I haven't done that for a long time. You know, I, I can't, I, I've been thinking about it and I literally can't remember the last time that I did, apart from sending greeting, greetings cards to people. But, you know, they're not, they're not something that you'd call kind of official things, are they? So everybody's used to using text and emails now. They probably use text and emails every day. You know, they're using them all day every day you know you're you're typing things out all the time and as such we've been experimenting with ways to working out how we can express our feelings via text so that a message isn't going to be so stark it isn't going to be so yeah so unfeeling so when we first started texting a lot I can remember you know we started making up actions acronyms, can't say it, acronyms. So things like LOL for laugh out loud and all those different things. And we did that as a way of letting people know that we're joking about something. And that helped make sure that, you know, people wouldn't take something that you've said the wrong way. Because you know what it's like if you, you read something, it can be often read in different ways, can't it? So I think, you know, we started, when we started texting, we found a way to sort of let people know that we're kind of joking or, or what really the tone of that message is. Because let's face it, us Brits often have quite a sarcastic sense of humour, don't we? And sarcasm doesn't really work via text. I've been, I've been a victim to that before. I've said something I thought I was being hilarious and somebody took it the wrong way and ended up being a bit upset. So, and I think that's sort of maybe how it started. And then we started having access to emojis and then GIFs. And, you know, the beauty of these is that it can soften the meaning of the text that you send in order to avoid misunderstandings. And I think they're a great thing. And I think it's just become commonplace to end a message just with a, with a cross, with a kiss, just as a friendly way of signing off. I don't think it really means anything. And for me, I think it's like a muscle memory thing. If I get to the end of a text or if I'm signing my name, I just automatically just put a, put an X or just put a kiss there. You know, if you email me, there's a very good chance that I'll sign off my reply with just, just the letter J and a kiss. And that's just the way that I do it. But if I was contacted by someone wanting to be maybe a guest on my podcast, I wouldn't do it because it just wouldn't feel right. That is taking it just a little bit too casual. So 
Yeah, I think there's lots of times when just putting a kiss at the end of a message or saying LOL or putting a smiley face, that can be a really good thing to do. But with something formal, it's just it's just not the right thing to do. So I think that there's going to be times when maybe somebody has sent a message to a counsellor and they've just signed off at the end with a kiss and sent it. And then they've been like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And it's like a real head desk moment. So there's a good chance that somebody does it just because that's the way they communicate these days, because that's the way so many of us do. So, you know, I think that often that's that's the reason why. I don't think it's anything more than that. So question number two, are you overthinking this? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because, you know, you're a counsellor. When a client comes to you for a session, it's your job to fully listen to them. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's far more than just hearing what they say, isn't it? I mean, what you're doing is you're going to give the client your full attention. You're going to fully listen to what they say, but not just that. You are going to consider the sorts of things that they're not saying. You're going to consider how they say it, their tone of voice. You're going to look at the body language when they're saying what they're saying. So you're using your counselling skills and empathy to fully understand what's happening in your client's world. And these are basic skills of a counsellor. Basically, you're paid to overthink. You're paid to really explore fully what's happening for your client. So it stands to reason that in any communication that you have with your client, you're going to take a little bit of extra care so that there aren't going to be any misunderstandings, that you're not going to accidentally say something, that they could read something into it and think that you're saying something that you don't mean. So, you know, personally, I don't think that this is about overthinking for a therapist. I think that, you know, thinking things through thoroughly to ensure that there isn't a negative consequence to your action is literally a part of being a therapist. So are you overthinking? I don't think so. I mean, we overthink everything. We overthink about what pictures we might have up, whether or not to put our our qualifications up, whether or not to have a glass of water. You know, these are all things we think about really, really thoroughly, don't we? And the third part of this question is, if somebody does leave you um, an email or a message in some way, shape or form that does have a kiss at the bottom or an X at the bottom, what should you do? Well, like I say, I think that the person that sends the message has probably just popped an X at the bottom just through force of habit. I think that's a chance that once they realise they've done it, they might think, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. I've just sent this to the counsellor and it's so, yeah, I put a kiss on the bottom. That I think they'd probably just be like cringing if they realised what they did. Now, personally, I wouldn't leave a kiss on something that I sent to a client. It just doesn't feel right to me. But of course, and you know what I'm going to say now, there is no absolute right or wrong way, is there? So what I did, I asked my members, you know, I asked the Grey Private Practice members what they do. And of the 28 people that responded, 100% said that they would reply without putting a kiss or putting an X. But they also said a few other things. So they also said they might, instead of leaving like a kiss, they might leave like a smiley face 
or an emoji to kind of soften it so that it's not got, like I say, such a stark ending. So that could be a way that you could actually manage this. So if you get an email or a text from somebody that has a kiss at the end, instead of putting a kiss at the end of yours, you could just put a, a smiley face emoji or something like that to just make it sound a little bit more friendly. And, you know, and another caveat to this is if you're corresponding with somebody that you know, you know, maybe there's a client that you've been working with for a while, you feel comfortable with them and they send something with a kiss at the end, you might feel comfortable enough to do that. So again, it's about context really, isn't it? It's about who it is and what the context of it is. And the last thing, just before I wrap up, something else that came, you know, came into my mind when I was thinking about this was to kind of trust your intuition, really. So if you receive a message that has a kiss on it from somebody, maybe from the opposite sex or something that seems to be more flirty in some way, just be aware of that. Be aware of what's happening to you. And it's important that we really trust our intuition. So if there's something that feels inappropriate, then just be aware of that and, you know, deal with that appropriately. Now, isn't it funny how something that seems to be such a simple question grows into something you know, really interesting in the end, doesn't it? So Amanda, I hope this has helped you. And thank you so much for asking your question. And, you know, thank you for listening. So over to you. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer for you? If so, just email me. It's jane at janetravis.co.uk. Or you can send me a DM on my socials. So I'm usually on either Instagram. So that's at grow your private practice or on LinkedIn. And remember, it's Jane without a Y. So it's Jane Travis. Those are the two places that you're more likely to find me. So just hop on over. I don't mind if you leave a kiss at the end of the message. That's absolutely fine by me. And just a little reminder that if you are a Grow Your Private Practice member, you're never on your own. There are three different ways that you can get help. So if you're a member of the, of the membership, you could either go to the Facebook community, that's there 24-7, and you can get help there and support from either myself and other members. Or you can come to a Pick My Brain session monthly, which is a live event, which is all about helping you to make your life easier to be able to just come and ask a question, get an answer, and just, you know, crack on with your life. Or as a member, you also have the chance, it's it's exclusive for members actually, it is an extra charge, but you can come and have a power hour with me. So a power hour is you come in and talking about whatever it is you want to or need to. So we take a bit of a deep dive into an aspect of growing your practice. So those are three different ways that you can get some help as a member. And that's just going to save you time, isn't it? It's going to save you time, it's going to save you your confusion and effort and all the rest of it. Now, if you're not a member of the Grow Your Private Practice membership and you're ready to take the next step, go and check out the Grow Your Private Practice membership and get started now. I'll leave a link somewhere around this recording. So all that's left to say is have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you for listening and a big old kiss to you. Bye. See you later. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.